Welcome back to CEO Money. I'm Michael Yorba. Thanks for joining with me. I've got Matthew Jennings. He is the Chief Compliance Officer with Economic Strategist with me. Matthew, welcome to the show. Thank you, Michael. Great to be here. Glad you're here. All right. Give us some background on you and how you got into this business. And I want to hear all about Economic Strategist, what they're doing in the world of trust, because what you do, nobody else can do. And, and am I right? Yes, yes, you're exactly correct. I'm currently an IRS enrolled agent. I'm a law, stu- uh, law school student as well. Uh, my experience is in tax resolution. That's what, what I'm known for. I'm a trust advisor and former college professor, adjunct for seven years teaching tax and mathematics. I have a demonstrated history of working in the financial industry, strong business development background, uh, serial entrepreneur, and uh, also some doctoral classes in finances along with an MBA in finance and undergraduate in marketing, 23 years of consulting experience. Cool. Now, tell me what is it that you're doing in the trust field with economic strategists that's different than anybody else out there? Why is it so different? How does it help the people that are in business today in today's world and today's market? We have a terrific financial product it's a trust product, and it's unlike the uh, living trust, which most people have today, mm-hmm. um, which is a grantor revocable trust that becomes irrevocable at the time of, of the death of the grantor, and then it distributes to the beneficiaries. This trust is non-grantor instead of being grantor. It's irrevocable instead of being revocable. It's discretionary in the sense that There's no requirement to distribute, and this is a key point in this particular trust. Mm -hmm. It's complex with a simple provision, so it alternates between complex and simple, depending if there's a cash distribution, and it also has a spendthrift provision. This trust is unlike any other because basically when the income comes into the trust, because there's no requirement to distribute and because there isn't a cash distribution made, it complies with a special rule in 643. Mm-hmm. Now, there's also 19 other um, internal revenue code sections that, that are relevant to this trust, mm-hmm. but that's the secret sauce. It complies with rule 643. Extraordinary dividends are declared for income that would normally be taxed as profit, and capital gains are also excluded. So what that basically means is that all of the income that's coming into the trust mm-hmm. is either excluded or declared as an extraordinary dividend and is allocated to corpus and is not taxed at that time. So it basically renders a zero taxable return. Okay, now this is a tax deferral, if I, if I understood this correctly, not a tax exemption or a credit or anything of that nature, right? Did I get that right? Correct, okay. it's tax deferred until such time there's a cash distribution to a beneficiary, but that's avoided because the trust basically provides benefits to the beneficiary instead of giving them a cash distribution, which would normally be taxable. So the beneficial use by a trust is not taxable Got to it. the beneficiaries because they have a beneficial right, they have the beneficial ownership to that property. It's just as if you had a friend in town mm-hmm. and that friend was in town for three months and let's say that friend name was Bill and you gave Bill the keys to drive your car for three months, well, that's not taxable. Got it. This works the same way. It's the same concept. All right. Now, before we get too deep in, in the weeds on the, the technicalities of this, 
give us some brief history, if you can, on the trusts, the the trust law, because not all of the trusts are created equal, and some of them have a reason why they're superior to others. So let's go back a little bit for the law. Okay, so uh, trusts trust date back to actually the biblical times, um, because in the biblical times, it was not legal for a person of one country to do business in another country. And that basically um, dwindled down into the 15th century when you had the medieval times when lords would go off to battle and they wanted to return to their property intact. And so the terminology went from the word use to the word trust. Um, Trust law is very powerful. It predates all law. Mm -hmm. Uh, It predates the Constitution. As a matter of fact, the Constitution is a trust statement for the people. Trust law is so powerful that it also dictates what is the trust accounting income, not the Internal Revenue Code. And that's a very powerful statement. The trust trust document dictates what is trust accounting income and not the Internal Revenue Code. So, a very powerful statement. So now, why? What, 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 that's that is a powerful statement. Let's stop there just for a brief second. Why? Why? You said it predates the Internal Revenue Code. Yes. What's the distinction there, and why would that be a big difference? Because because trust law again it predates everything, right. and in the beginning, um, Americans did business in trust. Uh, Standard Oil, which was Rockefeller's company, was a business trust. Mm-hmm. Eighteen sixty two. And as we know that the, uh, the 16th Amendment was, was ratified in 1913, giving Congress the power to tax. So you have all of these businesses and entities operating in trust before taxation existed. So basically, the tax code was written around the trust code to allow these particular types of trusts to continue to accumulate wealth with little or no taxation. Now, one of the common um, misnomers, if I may, is that once you have a trust, you're safe, your money, you can't, you know, if it's a grantor trust, there's many different types, and I'm not a trust expert, so I'm not going to try and act like one. But a lot of people are walking around with feeling bulletproof, and they're really not. So give us, if you can, why is a, say that again, it is a complex, non-grantor. Right irrevocable, right. discretionary, complex with the simple provision, right. and spendthrift. Trust. Trust. Why is that so superior to anything else out there when it comes to privacy and protection of your property, your assets, your income streams, and also the non-taxation of the revenue streams that are within the trust at that point. I don't want to get too far okay. down okay. the road, but why is it so superior with all of those reasons you would have even have a trust right. to the current trust out there? Right. Is it because it was the the concept of the trust was predating our constitution? No. Or is there something else? No, trust law predates the constitution, but what makes our trust product so um, so great yeah. is that again, the majority of trusts out there are living trusts, they're mm-hmm. grantor and they're revocable. Right. Which may, basically means, in most instances, the person, the grantor is the person who's creating the trust, is also the trustee, and is also the beneficiary. Right. So there's no, no real separation between 
the person and the property. So they can trace ownership and still get yes. what the property yes. is. So there's no asset protection, no real tax advantages, uh, because the it's not it's not considered a separate entity. Ah, therein lies the key. Right. It only it only avoids state probate, and that's a great benefit because I've seen some times where where probate was involved, and it dwindled down a six million dollar estate. Mm-hmm. Because you have an attorney for the trust and against the trust, two accounting firms, legal fees, and all that sort of things. And I've actually seen where where um, heirs actually got a tax bill. Oh my gosh, that's horrible! So, uh, yeah. It's horrible. Okay, um, we can't cover all of the questions that I have in this in this segment because I'm going to have you back. Right. We can start <laughs> drilling down on this because this is really important stuff. Everybody right, right. in America is looking at a place place right now where we could see. Much higher taxes as we go forward, right. depending on who stays in office. Right. And it's going to affect everybody. And like they did in Greece, like they did in Cyprus, Correct. can the government go after these assets if all of a sudden we have such a big slice? And let's say we had a problem with our banking system and they were trying to go after the bank accounts. Would this help protect that too? It's a beautiful thing because this particular trust is non-grantor and irrevocable. So there's a separation between the person and their property. There's a settler who creates the trust, and then that trust is conveyed to a trustee um, who is totally unrelated. That creates the non-grantor status because the the grantor, the settler, Mm -hmm. the person that's creating the trust, isn't the same person that's controlling the assets, selling the assets to the trust, so on and so forth. Uh, and the discretionary nature as well, and the spendthrift provision actually gives it to the asset protection because the title was split. It's t- the title is split between legal title and equitable title or beneficial title. So it's almost like a, you know a car. No one wants a half of a car. Right. They want the full thing. Because the title was split, this property that's in the trust, in trust, cannot be attached by IRS levy or lien, child support, um, divorce. Divorce because no one owns title to it. No one person has both pieces of the puzzle. Wow. And so the only way that the IRS can garnish or levy something is the person has to have a right. No beneficiary has a right to the income in this particular trust. It's 100% discretionary. There are no income beneficiaries, so to speak. There's no one that's required to get a distribution. It's totally up to the discretion of the trustee. And even when uh, the trustee determines to distribute, even that is discretionary. Mm. Wow. Completely discretionary. We're, we're out of time, but you know what? You're going to come back. We're yes. going gonna, gonna to drill down for you on some of these different topics, some of the ones where we're, they're the fine-tuning difference right, right. between right. losing it all and keeping it all and growing it all. Thanks for being my guest. You're welcome. All right, you've been watching CEO Money with Michael Yorba. Thanks for joining with us. Don't forget, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and subscribe to our YouTube channel.